friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope y'all are having an absolutely blessed and safe day today. Hope you guys had an awesome Independence Day yesterday. Hope you guys were safe as well, and hope you guys enjoyed the show. Ted and I came together and wanted to do kind of a historical show as, as fast as we could. Obviously, you know, the Revolutionary War and Independence Day and the entire history of the United States is, can't really be covered in 57 minutes. <laughs> so we tried to give you guys the highlights on a lot of the main topics and bring them up in a very um, clear, concise manner and give you guys a lot of uh, information. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. We had a great day. Went over to a good friend's house yesterday. Kids play around. They were swimming at a bounce house. We ended up shooting some guns, blowing up some fireworks, had a great time. And uh, we're having a lot of discussions. A lot of everybody there is pretty much on the same page. A lot of, we're all friends. And we're having a discussion on this topic that just happened again. This horrific incident over in Illinois with this shooting at this parade. And my condolences to the family, everybody involved in this. is very, very sad incident on July 4th. And they're saying now that they've apparently apprehended the alleged shooter, which I don't know how much I believe with much of any of this anymore. But what's interesting about it, though, is I was actually looking at some of the stuff that they're saying this alleged shooter, uh, who he is. And the kid looks like a total weirdo. There's one photo of him. He's like in pigtails with pink hair, another one with blue and green hair. I don't know. I haven't really dug that much into this guy. The whole thing sounds like a really weird situation to me. And again, my condolences to the family. It's horrific when you see individuals that are completely and totally out of control do things like this. And what's interesting, we were talking about one of the representatives out of Louisiana in one of the Senate hearings when they were debating the gun bill that they ended up invariably passing. He voted against it. And we're talking about how we grew up, well, a lot of us grew up here in Auburndale, and we were all talking about how, you know, back in the day, it, you know, having guns in your vehicle and running around and riding dirt bikes through orange groves and just being teenagers, you know, and there was nothing abnormal or weird about it. And, you know, the guy brought that up, too, in the Senate hearing meeting where he was talking about how so many of these guys came back from World War II, you know, combat veterans, I mean, hard combat veterans, trench warfare veterans. And these guys all had the ability to purchase, you know, belt-fed automatic machine guns when they came home, and a lot of them did, owned BARs and everything else, Browning automatic rifle, incredible weapon. And uh, he was saying that, you know, you'd go to the store, and it didn't really matter who was buying the gun. They send, you know, your, your son down there to go buy another rifle. And the gun laws were pretty much non-existent in the United States, yet there were very little, if any, incidents of mass shootings ever. And he talked about why is that? How do we have – we had more guns, more combat veterans, more open weapon platforms, more machine guns, all in an open populace without any restrictions, yet there were virtually no mass shootings. And again, he went into detail on the stuff the same thing we talked about with the antidepressant drugs like Paxil, Zoloft, the media who's portrayed this stuff now, the music industry, and the list goes on and on and on. And what's interesting about it now is we were talking about more gun laws last night and how they shoved this one through the Senate. And now this basically Senator Cory Booker is now on TV today talking about how he wants to get his bill that he introduced back in May. If he can get two more seats flipped to Democrats in the midterms, then they basically are going to push this new gun bill through, which is insane how crazy this is. And uh, what's interesting about it, though, as well, is you have Illinois – Lieutenant Governor Juliana Stratton, who's coming out now and saying that Illinois has too many guns on the street 
and they must enact common sense gun laws, stricter policies, and put resources in place. To, to, she said, today we mourn the people of Highland Park, and we make it clear that we see them and all who are impacted by gun violence in our state, and we are going to stop this. Now, what's interesting about this is, love it, hate it, whatever, Illinois has some of the strictest firearm laws in the entire country. If you want to even own a firearm in Illinois or possess a firearm, you have to have a FOID card, a firearm owner's identification card, registration card. They have red flag gun laws. They have insane waiting periods. They have full gun registration. They have domestic violence gun laws with the red flag gun laws. They have carrying regulations, numerous other ones. And they talk about in this article about how Cook County and neighboring county, Lake County, all of which were the city of Highland Park is involved in the shooting, they both had full assault weapon bans and high-capacity magazine bans, or I should say standard-capacity magazine bans, meaning you couldn't own an AR-15 in these counties, and you were not allowed to have any magazines over 10-round capacity. So I'm failing to see what further aspect this lieutenant governor can do in Illinois with Illinois having, like I said, some of the strictest gun laws in the entire country, but yet still has some of the highest violence with Chicago. Ironically enough, this has gotten zero media coverage. Chicago... 25 miles down the road from this basically, you know, uh, Highland Park, there are 54 people that were shot between Friday and Monday in Chicago. Now, these numbers are completely separate from Highland Park. This is just Chicago. 54 people shot just over the holiday weekend. Between January 1st and July 3rd this year, there's already been 320 people who have been killed with firearms in Illinois, Chicago, Illinois. Now, again, that got brought up zero times <laughs> yesterday and i'm not trying to make fun of this because it's not funny but what i am trying to do is paint a clear picture on the fact that gun laws don't work for people that don't follow laws there's already laws on the books telling you you're not allowed to go commit premeditated murder there's already laws on the books for that and there's consequences if you do so so again i don't personally think at all this thing was coincidentally timed not right after they rammed the senate bill through the globalist and Schwab and Albert Borla and all these guys in the World Economic Forum, what they want to do is you own nothing and you like it. They are chomping at the bits now to try to get the United States population to heal and get our firearms under control because they, they understand what they're about to start doing in the next couple of years. As I explained to you guys yesterday, why this started with the Revolutionary War with Lexington and Concord. You listened to that show yesterday. Once you push people to a certain level, once you keep to pushing them into a wall, if they are well-armed, they're going to push back at some point. And that was the shot heard around the world that started over gun confiscation. So, again, you have to look at the real reasoning why. This individual, basically, Representative uh, Booker, I looked at his bill that he actually introduced back in May, interestingly enough. And he wants to have it so every person that owns a firearm actually has to have an FFL, a federal firearms license, just to purchase a firearm. And you have to go through this giant rigmarole just to be able to purchase a firearm, have everything registered on it. And then once you get approved for the license, you have to purchase the said firearm within 30 days, and it has to be that exact firearm. Meaning you basically have to have the gun picked out that you want, then start going through the licensing purchasing, the licensing process with background checks and photographs and fingerprints and all this stuff. This is just to buy a single firearm. Now, of course, this will never go through the Senate. It's so invasive. It's insane. However, 
he's now making claims that if they can flip two seats blue in the fall, which would tie right into what they've been doing, bringing in the illegal migration from the southern border, if they end up granting two, three, four million people citizenship, and they can all now vote in the next couple months, it's going to be an interesting position that everybody's going to be put in because they're going to have to do everything they can to try to cheat in the fall. I think everybody's on the same page with that now. And what they're doing is they're going in now and they're buying up everything with all the money that's been going through the system. I was watching an article earlier and reading about how Pfizer, now again, <laughs> Pfizer just got granted another $9 billion contract from the United States government for more COVID shots. Now, ironically enough, there's already 98 million doses of the Pfizer vaccine that have basically been wasted or still sitting unused. 98 million, guys, million that are going to be basically thrown away. There's already, I think, 56 million that got basically trashed two months ago. I told you about that. $1.2 billion worth of COVID shots that we paid for with our taxpayer money. Just gone, gone, just boop, boop. No, 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 don't need them anymore. They just got all, you know, kind of, they got kind of hot. You know, they didn't stay at the negative 70 degrees Celsius. We've got to dump them now. Well, apparently Pfizer wants to make some more money, and uh, now the White House has pledged to buy another $9 billion, sh- billion worth of shots, 300 million doses. Now, it's ironic the top three firms who hold the most stock in Pfizer are Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street, and there are very many other investment firms who basically also involved – with the FDA and the CDC, and I think a lot of these guys are all shareholders, in my opinion. But the pharma giant is already shattering record profits and expected to generate over a hundred billion dollars in twenty twenty two. Hundred billion dollars in one year. A tenth of a trillion dollars for one single pharmaceutical company solely because of COVID. And so they've signed off that they basically are gonna buy up to 300 million doses at $9 billion, and the administration justified the deal by claiming it needs to restock its supply to prepare for the seasonal spikes, you know, because what they're telling everybody is you're going to have to get continually boosted the rest of your life now if you want to be safe and protected, which is a complete and total lie. Yesterday, one of my friends that was over there, I see him on and off, I haven't seen him in a while, and he was over there at the party, and he's the National Guard. He was in the Army for a while, and then he transitioned to the National Guard when he started basically having a family. And I asked him yesterday, I said, how's everything going in the Guard? He said it was you know, going as good as it's going to get, basically. At least he's in Florida. And I said, well, what happened? You know, what, did, what did you decide to do with the shot? Because I know he was in a precarious situation with the National Guard. And he goes, man, I ended up getting the Johnson & Johnson shot. He goes, it was pretty much the lesser of the evils, I guess, because it was supposed to be not RNA technology like Pfizer Moderna. I said, do you end up getting any symptoms from it? And he said, no, I didn't have anything happen. I said, well, thank goodness. Hopefully it stays that way. And it had been a couple months since he got the shot. And I asked him, I said, well, what are they doing with the National Guards? I've heard some stuff. I want you know, is it accurate? And he goes, yeah, pretty much what you heard. He goes, what they're doing is because the National Guard gets a huge percentage of its funding from the Fed, if you go and basically have to go on a deployment in the United States or a mission or basically do any type of work, uh, they're essentially saying that the Fed is going to halt your pay if you don't, you're not fully injected. And I said, well, what about, you know, getting paid for the training weekends twice a month and stuff like that? He's going, oh yeah, that all stops too. Unless you're doing something specifically for Florida, then Florida would pay you directly. But most of the stuff comes from the Fed. And he goes, you know, I'm 17 years in, almost 18 years ago. I'm trying to hit my 20. 
And he goes, so I pretty much just sucked it up and did it and took the risk. And I said, well, I said, at least you make an informed decision. I told him that. I said, at least you made an informed decision. I said, one thing I can't stand are people that just blindly go along with it because they just, oh, well, you told me to do it. Okay, I'll do it now. I'll just take an RNA gene therapy experimental shot because, well, you said so. So he's very educated, very, very awake on everything. And I asked him, I said, well, here's the million-dollar question, bud. I said, and this is what I've been curious about too. I said, you got the Biden administration that's basically going to be stockpiling another 300 million doses. I said, they're obviously not buying those doses just to sit them in the freezer. They're going to try to distribute those. I said, what are you going to do if they tell the National Guard now, now you guys have to be boosted? And he goes, I pretty much talked to my wife, and we've decided that if it goes that route, that that's going to be the end of my career. And I said, really? He said, yeah. He goes, because I've pretty much come to the conclusion now, if they tell you you got to get boosted now, that means that it's not going to stop. They're going to start telling us every six months we got to get another COVID shot, COVID shot. He said, at that time, I'm playing Russian roulette. And he goes, eventually, I'm going to get a bullet. And I was like, it's rough. I said, but yeah, he goes, that's that's where it's at. He goes, if this doesn't stop, he goes, here's the thing. He goes, we've been in this for two and a half years now. We're all alive. We're all healthy. We've all survived. This is not what they've acted like it is. He goes, this is the whole thing with the shot is a complete and total lie. And I said, oh, I know. So you're, you're speaking as a man. I've done the research on it. And what's interesting about this is we're talking about this article from Dr. Martin Kulldorff, which if you guys have seen this now, I'll post it on the website. He was a professor at Harvard Medical School, and he was also a previous former CDC vaccine safety committee member. Okay, This guy's pro-vaccine. He's, he's not, you know, some, you know, natural doctor that's questioning stuff. This guy was on the CDC Vaccine Safety Committee Board, Dr. Martin Kulldorff. And he has now concluded, based on new studies that have come out, that the safety profile of the RNA vaccines against COVID-19 is grossly concerning. He said in a new p- article published by Brownstone Institute, Dr. Kulldorff refers to two recent studies. First is a new study by Freeman, F-R-A-I-M-A-N-E-T-A-L. Based on the trial data from Moderna and Pfizer, which shows one serious side effect per 800 vaccinated people, which is not what they told us, one serious side effect for every 800 people. He said this is extremely concerning and incredibly high for a vaccine. No other vaccine in history on the market comes close to this level of side effects. You really said, guys, no other vaccine on the market comes close to this level of side effects. He goes on to say and refers to another recent study by Christine Ben that shows the RNA vaccines did not lead to any reduction in all in mortality from COVID deaths based on the same data from the Freeman study, meaning the real numbers they showed did not prevent anybody from dying from COVID at all. They did absolutely nothing to protect anybody. The entire clinical study was a complete and total sham. Nobody got safe from it as far as protected. Nobody had anything happen other than negative side effects. It didn't stop mortality. It didn't stop hospitalizations. It didn't stop you from catching it. It didn't stop you from spreading it. It wasn't a vaccine. It wasn't an immunization. It was a gene therapy experiment. Now, this one article, this research, is primarily all based on trial data from Pfizer and Moderna. Apparently, the, if you look at the side effects and you look at the research from like Johnson & Johnson and some of the other ones that are allegedly not RNA, the side effects were insanely lower. This RNA gene therapy or whatever it is in this shot, whatever they're lying to us about, is not a vaccine. It is not an immunization. 
It does not protect you from COVID. It does not prevent you from getting COVID. It does not prevent you from spreading COVID. This is exactly what we said from the beginning. This is a gene therapy experimental shot to see what it would do to the general population. This is why the research now came out. I talked about it last week that they showed up to five months, which is as long as they studied it, up to five months, sperm motility and sperm count significantly dropped off in males after they got the Pfizer shot. Okay, starts to become pretty clear this obviously isn't a vaccine. A normal vaccine isn't going to kill sperm. Normal vaccine is going to cause your body to have an immune response. You're going to build natural antibodies to it. Think measles shot. You take basically dead measles virus. You inject it in. It's the concept of vaccines. Your body goes in, builds an immune system, antibody response to it. You now have a immunity towards measles. That's the concept. This is not that. Never was that. Was never going to be that. And again, this is why it's so interesting why people don't wake up and start making rash decisions about this, and they just keep going along with it over and over and over and over and over again. And what's interesting now, in Uruguay, a Uruguay judge and the government of Uruguay has now basically called in Pfizer for a full-blown hearing tomorrow. (laughs) Pfizer must provide all information they have on the COVID vaccine's biochemical composition, including any evidence of graphene oxide, as well as proof of the vaccine's efficacy and safety. The administrative litigation court in Uruguay, Judge Andreo Ricare, made an order in response to a request to suspend the immunization of children from five years of age in Uruguay. According to the court order released on Saturday, the judge ordered the presidency, the Ministry of Public Health, the State Health Service Administration, and Pfizer representatives to present all the information on COVID vaccines by Wednesday's hearing at 9 a.m. where all representatives are required to appear in court. This is huge, guys. Apparently, this Uruguay judge is seeing the same thing we're seeing, and he's going, this isn't okay. This isn't funny. This isn't a joke. There's obviously something very, very sinister going on with the shot, and we're not giving it to kids now. In fact, we want to see all the efficacy and the research on this and what's actually in this shot. But what happens to the United States? Oh, the United States, the CDC and FDA go, oh, we need to inject six-month-olds with it. Totally great idea. Give them three micrograms of RNA gene therapy three different times. Totally cool. Totally safe. It's good for them. No, guys, it's not. And there's been a question that a lot of people have asked me, and I looked it up because I wasn't actually completely sure what was going on with this as far as the um, the vaccine court system for injuries. So you know there's the childhood vaccine court where basically you can get an attorney and you can try to prove that your child had severe adverse events from an injection and you can go through the rigmarole for years and possibly get compensated, which they've paid over, I think, four or five billion dollars now in the compensation fund, all taxpayer money. Well, what happens to somebody that gets injured from an emergency use injection and they're an adult? This topic hasn't really been brought up before because, well, we've never rolled out an emergency use injection to try to force 330 million people to take in the United States. This never happened. There's no, no data on this. Well, apparently, there is what is called the Countermeasure Injury Compensation Program, or the CICP, that was put together in 2010. This is interesting. And so if you get injured by a shot 
or some type of countermeasure for COVID, meaning remdesivir, meaning ventilators, any of this stuff, then you have the ability to go and submit your information. Now, this is a really, really convoluted process. I'm, I'm, I did not know this till the other day, so I'm going to give you guys some information on this. So here's an article. The first one tops up about an individual named Flint. He had severe vertigo, headaches, partial loss of hearing, and eyesight that ended his career as a pilot almost immediately after the Pfizer injection. He submitted hundreds of papers supporting material, including reports from four different doctors stating that these side effects were related to the COVID shot. The feds rejected his claim on May 25th in a two-page later letter that they shared him simply stating that he could not prove the vaccine caused his symptoms and the officials with the countermeasure injury compensation program were denying his claim. CICP, which has denied 90% of its petitions so far, <laughs> part of the Health Resources and Services Administration, the CICP was designed to be the payer of last resort for people who suffered injuries from treatments or countermeasures related to a declared pandemic, epidemic, or security threat like Ebola or anthrax or covid Payouts are limited to unreimbursed medical expenses and up to $50,000 a year in lost wages with no provisions for pain and suffering or legal fees. Per a declaration under the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act, the federal government identified and basically they allowed the vaccine makers to have full immunity again. They gave them full immunity out of this. So they're not part of the CICP proceedings. This is, again, taxpayer funding on top of it. She gets better. Until March 2020, the CICP attracted little to no attention. Most people didn't even know it existed. It decided less than 500 cases in its entire history of 10 years. 500 cases in 10 years. That's all it saw. Nobody even knew about it, including myself. It is now drowning in a 16-fold spike claim with almost 6,000 COVID vaccine injury cases with another 2,900 injuries and death that are pending as of june 1st cicp has evaluated and rejected 31 covid related claims and approved one for a person who had anaphylactic shock directly after the vaccine at the current rate of adjudication of 18 cases a month by calculation it would take 38 years to just get through the current backlog if no more were added on top now this again is something Nobody's talked about because I've been very curious about this. What happens if you get an injection and you start having severe side effects and you basically were forced to get the shot and now you can't work? Who takes care of you? How is it decided? The CICP. Well, apparently we're finding out they not only are unbelievably understaffed to even handle this. They simply just deny just about everything. And it says given the cap on damages daunting odd of success and lack of provision for attorney fees, plaintiff's lawyers are steering clear of the CICP. Attorneys want nothing to do with it. Siri and Glimstead, named partner, Aaron Siri, told, basically in this article, said that the firm has received thousands of inquiries to file for them on COVID vaccine claims. Because remember, the number I gave you earlier about the almost 6,000 vaccine injury cases, those are actually cases that were brought to the system via an attorney, because pretty much you have to have an attorney to file this. Those are the ones that attorneys actually picked up. This name partner in this attorney firm is saying his firm alone has turned down thousands upon thousands of claims. They simply won't even touch them. He said the CIC, CICP is not technically a court, 
It's the same federal health department that licenses, recommends, and mandated the COVID-19 vaccine and then sits as the investigator and the judge of the alleged CICP court, which is a kangaroo court. He said that is a mockery of the term justice. This is what the name partner attorney said. It was a mockery of the name justice. So you have the CICP, which is like this kangaroo court they put together. That's part of the same federal health department that licensed, recommended, and mandated the COVID shot and told everybody if you didn't get one and you work for the federal government, you would be terminated. This same group is the one that now you can submit your claim via an attorney and they'll decide whether or not to give you money if your claim is valid enough, which they declined like 98% of them. The CIP, CICP does not hold hearings. Instead, cases are decided based on submitted record and attempting to marshal sufficient proof to prevail it is a formidable task. The tribunal requires, and I quote, compelling, reliable, valid medical and scientific evidence that the claimed injury was directly caused by the COVID injection, which is near possible to actually prove in court because of basically – plausible deniability or you can say reasonable doubt the, the Pfizer can go we said it's 100% safe and effective the shot couldn't have caused this they go in the CICP and they go well Pfizer said it couldn't have caused this they said it couldn't have caused it so it couldn't have caused it and quite frankly is there anything else that you may have been exposed to did you possibly catch COVID right when you got the shot so you technically caught COVID and your symptoms were from COVID and not the shot that's all they do they horse play around and don't address it but I wanted to bring this up and make everybody aware of the CICP and realize how they're playing this game now because of the emergency use. And now apparently what they're saying is now later on in this article is that because the CICP is so backlogged, but because it's emergency use authorization, it's put the childhood vaccine adverse events in a precarious situation. So they are actually going to send all the children now that are horrifically injured from this shot, they're going to send them to the Childhood Compensation Fund Court, the same one that they already go to, if they're injured by this Pfizer injection. You haven't seen this system get clogged up until this starts happening. This is an all-out war, my friends, on our bodies, our minds, and our souls right in front of us. This is something that everybody needs to realize and understand. And the more I'm starting to look at this, the more I'm starting to realize Everything we've been told was a complete and total lie from the very beginning, all the way down into how this virus was built. If this virus even came out of Wuhan, that's the story that we heard. Whether or not that wasn't just a cover story for something else, I don't know. But again, this is why I continue to tell you, please do your research on this. They are going to try to pull something again in the next couple months. This is why it is crucial you keep your body and your mind strong, keep your immune system strong. This is why we put together the basic immune kit, just three basic supplements that massively boost your immune system. Now, there's more stuff you can add on top of the vitamin C, D3, and zinc, but those three right there are staples. Those are something I take every single day. I got them sitting on my desk right now. I'm looking at them because it's absolutely crucial. If we're going to be effective, if we're going to be boisterous, if we're going to be standing firm, you got to feel good. You know, I remember when I caught COVID. I mean, it put me down for about about three or four days. I told you that. And I was hammering the supplements and I bounced out of it pretty quick. But for about three or four days, it was rough. And I came out of it way faster than most people because I'm sure my supplement intake and my immune system. But again, you think about that. A lot of these people that don't know anything about subs and they're on the couch for two, three, four, five weeks, lingering effects, lingering coughs from catching this nasty stuff they brewed up in a lab. 
Now we're starting to see the negative side effects go further and further and further from the shot, which is exactly what their goal is. And at the same time, they're going in and they're shorting the market on everything. They're running fuel up. They're running price of everything up right now. I saw there was like over 10,000 flights that were essentially canceled over the weekend with July 4th. They're going to try to stop air traffic, guys. I'm letting you know that right now. They want nobody to be able to travel freely on their way. I saw an article, or not an article, a video somebody sent me. I've been waiting to see this. I've been waiting to see it so I could laugh hysterically and point my finger at it and tell everybody I told you so that argue with me about EV vehicles. I've told you guys before, when they started coming out with electric trucks, it was going to be an abysmal failure. The Hummer, the Tesla truck, the F-150 Lightning, the Silverado EV, they are all going to be epic failures from a real-world experience. How do I know this? Because I've looked at the technology. When you start going in and you take a smart car and you put it on EV batteries, you're just a full EV car, and the thing weighs 1,500 pounds, it's not that difficult to run around. It's like a golf cart. Put big old batteries in and you can run it for two, three, four hundred miles. It's this little light thing. When you start dealing with weight, weight's a factor in everything. There's a reason why there's weight classes in wrestling. There's a weird reason why there's weight stations. There's a reason why there's weight capacity. Weight is Everything, whether you're flying, whether you're driving, whether you're towing, weight is a factor. So they did a real-world test, okay? And you got, I'll, I'll post the link to the video that I found on it. You guys can watch it. They took the Chevy Silverado 5.3-liter staple V8, great motor, little underpowered, but it's been a great motor for years. And they took the new F-150 EV. They're both very comparable vehicles, almost identical in weight, almost identical as far as in a lot of the, the features on it. And they hooked both these trucks up to a 6,000-pound camper trailer. It was like a 25-foot trailer, average trailer that a lot of people pull all across the country, 6,000-pound camper trailer, not heavy at all. It's 6,000 pounds with a, you know, pulling a, with a 1,500. This is not, not big weight at all. So they hooked both of them up. They inputted in the dash current weight size, current weight, current height, current dimensions of the trailer. So the vehicle will actually give you updated responses on it, braking, everything, pretty cool stuff. And so the – Silverado was showing like 300-mile range is what it was going to get drinking gasoline, pulling this trailer. Well, they updated you know, the F-150 Lightning. It was like 280-mile range before they inputted the trailer. Once they put the trailer information on it, it dropped down 149 miles. Right there off the rip, I was like, wow, you just literally cut the range in half going from the regular Silverado to the EV. I knew it wasn't going to stop there, though. So as they're driving, they both go 70 miles an hour in the same interstate, basically side by side. So this is, this is a pretty controlled environment. 70-mile-an-hour cruise click. By 88 miles, the F-150 Lightning is completely and totally kaput with like 1% battery left, and the guy's scrambling to try to get to a charging station, taking the first exit he can find with the station, comes in basically on electric fumes, if there are such a thing. And they calculated – that if he would have taken it to full absolute zero and killed the power on the truck, he would have gotten 92 miles to dead empty where he killed the battery. But 88 was as far as he could go and actually get a realistic charge. Dying on the side of the road is not a viable option. 88 miles, guys. Think about that for a second. That means if I'm where I'm at right now and I just try to go to Valdosta, Georgia, which is right at the border, Florida, Georgia line right past it, it's like 230, 240 miles. I don't have it in front of me. It's right around that time. I've driven many times, like three-hour drive. That means I would have to stop three separate times to charge my truck carrying a camper 
just to get to the Georgia line three times. And they said on average the charge by the time you factor taking the exit ramp, getting to the station, charging up, charging back, full 100% getting back on the road, it was an average of 42 minutes, meaning you would add a full two hours on your just three-hour drive just to get out of the state. There's a reason why this is happening. They do not want you to be able to travel freely, unmolested on your way across country with a camper. They don't want you leaving. They want everybody to stay in their United Nations designed little city structures that they're building. This is why they're putting up houses everywhere in Florida. I had this conversation last night, and it kind of hit me in the face. I didn't like the conversation, but I had to actually address it. And one of my friends there that I haven't talked to in a while, he's retired Auburndale PD, just retired, did 13 years with the force, had enough of Auburndale now, and retired. And I was talking to him, and I said, why'd you retire from Auburndale? He said, Auburndale's not Auburndale. We grew up, but he said, going out in the orange groves and going out to the pit and riding dirt bikes and running around, he goes, it's in Auburndale anymore. And I said, well, I remember when I grew up here, the population was like 4,500, 5,000, 6,000 right around there. He goes, yeah. He goes, current population is 16,000 right now. He said, before I retired, I went to a basically a dinner meeting with a bunch of the representatives and commissioners and stuff, and they were joking about the fact of how much revenue and impact fees were going to be brought into Auburndale over the next five years. He said they're estimating by 2025 the population of Auburndale will go from 16,000 currently right now to 40,000 people by 2025, and they were joking about how much money was coming in, and he said after that, he quit almost immediately after that. He said, I am not going to be a part of this debauchery and ruining my city. He said, we're absolutely unfunded as a police department. We get paid next to nothing. They don't want to hire anybody else. He said, but these guys are making a killing on the city commissioner boards. And I said, oh, I know. I said, I've had numerous arguments, including calling out the mayor of Arbondale blatantly in a meeting, asking him why in the world is nobody on this board listening to anything anybody's telling you. How many people in here don't want storage units in this area? Everybody raise their hand. Tire me. 22 people come in and say it. How many people in here want storage units? Goose egg. Big fat zero. Obviously, nobody wants these here. Obviously, you want to put them in for for a specific reason. This is what they're doing. They're putting in these subdivisions. The vast majority of these subdivisions are getting bought out by BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard, exactly what I've told you guys before. They're renting houses and they're leasing houses. People aren't buying these houses. They're coming in and subsidized leasing them right now, subsidized renting them, and they're bringing in people from all around the world, and they're pumping them into these subdivisions, and they're going to do exactly what happened with Rome. And basically the Hessians and all the other groups are going to come in, and the United States is going to fall from from inside. That's the overall goal with it. And I personally think now, after the conversation I had last night, that's what they're going to try to do to Florida. I think there's a reason why they're promoting Florida. I think there's a reason why they're expanding the growth in Florida. I think they're going to try to turn the entire state of Florida into basically a big Miami. And they're going to try to force everybody to live down here because it's one of the easiest, most vulnerable states from a tactical situation to where you can cordon and search and block off the entire state. You literally have to shut down I-95 and I-75. You choke both of those down at the border. Nobody's getting out of Florida except out of back roads and us boys that know how to get through the woods. That's it. Normal person on the interstate, forget about it. Not getting out of Florida. Two roads, shut it all down. And so we had we had a pretty sobering conversation last night about a lot of stuff that's happening. And then we were talking about in Germany now how this whole entire facade lie about Ukraine. You know, we got to support the current thing. Everybody needs to suffer to support Ukraine. I'm, I'm so sick of hearing this garbage on a regular basis. These morons. 
well, I'm going to fly my Ukraine flag to show you support. You don't even know anybody in Ukraine, you blithering idiot. Ukraine's the third most corrupt country in the entire world. All it's doing is turning into a giant washing machine of money. They're money laundering out the wazoo over there to kick it back to all the politicians. There's nothing going on in Ukraine that's real what we're being told right now. But yet the entire world's being told we all need to suffer and we all need to pay high gas prices and we all need to deal with it because, well, it's for Ukraine. Newsflash, majority of people don't care about Ukraine. It's not our problem in the United States. Allow the drilling to start back up. Stop this absolute nonsense of trying to shut down the economy. Everybody has to start getting very vocal and pushing back and expressing this absolutely dissatisfying display of moronic behavior that we're seeing right now. Germany, my homeland country from my family, they're now saying that the environmental minister has warned Germans that hot water could be rationed and limits on maximum room temperatures introduced as a result of energy crisis. Yeah. They're going to freeze out the Germans and basically limit how much hot water they can ever have. The district heating grid could act to lower the maximum allowed temperature for households as part of a general lowering of living standards caused by support for the current thing. If there were to be an acute gas shortage, hot water could be made available in an emergency only at certain times during the week. Germans are being told to take fewer showers to save energy to you know, support the current thing in Ukraine. The vice president of the European Commission also suggests citizens should support Ukraine and embargoes on Russia by taking less showers, not driving cars, and airing their clothes out instead of washing them. New poll finds that around half of Germans fear being, able to un- being, be fear being unable to properly heat their homes this winter as a result of energy shortages caused by this Ukraine current thing. We have to stop supporting Russia because we have to support Ukraine. Anybody even know what the conflict is going on over there, if there's even a real conflict going on over there? The answer is no. majority of people don't. This entire thing is complete and total orchestrated theater in order to get more and more people used to and adapted to living like peasants. That's what this entire thing is about, guys. They want people to get used to it. Human beings can adapt and cope with a lot if we have to. We can go through very, very interesting, insane things sometimes and come out the other side. What they're doing is they're getting everybody used to being living, basically living like a peasant. Oh, you can take showers on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Your AC can't be colder than 78. I saw an article the other day that popped up on Yahoo, and it was talking about how, well, the average temperature that people really only need to have their house at is 82 degrees. Excuse me? I lived in Florida, obviously. 82 degrees? You're sweating inside your house in Florida because the humidity, because it's not kicking on. The AC's not kicking on. These guys want everybody to live in poverty. That's the overall goal. That is the whole reason why they're rolling EV cars out, not because they expect a lot of people to buy them. Production is going to be very minimal at best on these things because they don't want people to have internal combustion engines. It has nothing to do with EV cars. They don't want people being able to travel freely, unmolested on their way. That is what this entire thing is about. So continue to speak the truth out there. Continue to stand up and get more and more people awake of what's really happening. You're going to see over the next coming months, I personally think, a lot of very strange things start to occur. I've told you guys this now for the last couple of months. The shootings all of a sudden have popped up out of nowhere. It's like left and right, there's another mass shooting that gets on the media. But again, people aren't talking about over you know, almost 60 people that got shot just in Chicago, 25 miles down the street. Nobody's talking about that. 
Nobody's talking about the fact that we have massive, massive genocide in other countries over in Africa on a regular basis with weapons that we fund them through the CIA. No one's talking about that. Oh, we just need to give Ukraine another $40 billion because, you know, they're the current thing, right, guys? And as you start to see a lot of this stuff escalate, as you see it start to occur, it's going to be very, very clear what they're doing to you and how they're gaslighting everybody. This is why they keep telling everybody, oh, the only reason gas prices are high is because of Russia. You just need to endure the high gas prices because you need to support Ukraine. This is what they keep doing. This is exactly what I told you guys with the quote last week. It's so, so accurate with Joseph Goebbels. If you make the lie big enough and you tell the lie long enough, you eventually will get everybody believing the lie. That's what they're doing right now. They're doing 100% damage control to try to convince the entire world that we need to live like peasants in order to support Ukraine. It's a complete and total lie. I've seen a lot of churches now are still on this bandwagon, running their mouths about supporting Ukraine. We need to give more money to Ukraine. We need to take donations for Ukraine. My answer is absolutely not. The United States taxpayer just gave them a $40 billion donation that we're saddling the bill for. They're perfectly fine over there. This is, again, more in total theater. It's time that American pastors start speaking up from the pulpits. It really is, guys, and I'm, I mean this sincerely. I've, I've said numerous stuff to pastors before. I'm like, dude, this needs to get brought up. You need to talk about this. Most pastors won't talk about it. If you find a pastor that does, support them. But it's time pastors start actually calling out what's really going on in Ukraine instead of this support the current thing theater in church now because that's the thing they want everybody to support, and they don't want to step on any toes. That's one of the main reasons why you see a lot of these pastors. They don't want to talk about these topics. Because they want to make sure they don't lose any donations. And you got to remember that more money, more revenue, more tithing they can get, even if it's for Ukraine, well, that's more revenue that comes into the church. They can allocate to where they need it. This is something people have to address and people have to look at. And as you're starting to see now more and more of this, the finances that are going on as far as with the markets. I saw an article earlier now here that's talking about – I remember I was telling you about the airline industry – is that apparently it appears now that they are definitely setting it up to prevent people from being able to fly anywhere, to be able to travel freely, unmolested on your way. Pretty much is not going to happen. I saw – these are headlines that I just pulled up earlier. These were on Zero, Zero Hedge. What's causing the chaos at airports? Airport chaos around the world and how to avoid it. Chaos at London Heathrow's airport. What to know about travel chaos in Europe's airport. Airport chaos, all countries reporting more delays. 6,500 U.S. flights delayed Sunday amid continued U.S. travel chaos. You notice how every single one of those articles, that was Daily Mail, Reuters, CNN, Washington Post, Express, UK. You notice how every single title used the word chaos. Now, stay with me for a second, guys. Exactly what I just told you with Joseph Gerbel. You keep telling people there's chaos at the airports. There's chaos at the airports. There's chaos. There's chaos. There's chaos. You say it 50 times. Eventually, what do people keep saying? Oh, airports are in chaos. They'll parrot. They'll parrot exactly what you told them to. And they'll start saying, well, we have some chaos at the airport. What are we doing? Well, nobody's addressing the fact that you've had record number of pilots that have died out of nowhere and record number of pilots retire because of health problems because of the shot. Nobody's addressing that. That's one of the primary reasons this is happening right now because they don't have the pilots. It, pilots don't just grow on trees. You just don't go pick ten of them. Being a commercial airline pilot is a very, very specific skill set and a very difficult job. It is not easy. 
I've flown with people before. Flying's pretty cool, but it's not something you just sit around, oh, I'm going to go fly today. I think I'm just going to go be a commercial airline pilot this week. Yeah, I'm going to go get my airline pilot license. I'm just going to go jump in a Boeing 777 take off. doesn't work like that, guys, at all, period. So what's happening is now that whole industry is starting to collapse intentionally, and they're doing it to prevent people from being able to travel. What they're going to start doing is they're going to start pricing people out of the market. I do not think at all – this is just my personal prediction. I do not think it's far-fetched at all to start seeing – Normal flights inside the United States start reaching well over a thousand dollars for basic flights. I mean, I'm talking stuff like Miami to Texas, stuff like that. Ten, you know, thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars. That's what I personally think they're going to start doing, because they're going to have to start going in and increasing some type of revenue to cover their fuel expense. They can't keep getting bailouts over and over and over again, and people simply aren't going to be able to pay it. And so what they're going to have to do is their prices are going to have to go even higher because their passenger rate is going to start going down, and people aren't going to be able to afford to fly. This is what they want to do. So again, once you start looking at this stuff and you start realizing what's really happening behind the scenes, you've got to really start understanding what they're talking about and why they're doing it. This is why, again, I reiterate, they're trying to take away the firearms from people. They're trying to go in and tell everybody, you can't have a firearm because, well, you may be dangerous. You may do something that you know you're not allowed to do. No, it's not that at all. They know what they're about to start doing in the next couple of years. They're going to get shot for if we have firearms. The Second Amendment was there for a very specific reason. I've told you guys that repeatedly. That's why I went into detail yesterday on the history of the Revolutionary War and the reason why you have the aspect of basically Amendment 3. The Third Amendment is exactly what they're trying to do to us inadvertently with bringing in all these groups. They're trying to price people out of the housing market. They're trying to force people into neighborhoods that don't belong there. They're trying to make sure that nobody owns anything because why? If you don't own a home and you're simply a renter or a leasee, you have no rights over that property, really at all. At any point in time, if you do something – follow me a second, guys. If you do something – If you say something on social media, if you do something that's prohibited in your contract, the basically individual that owns the house, say BlackRock, Vanguard, can simply come in and say, "Um, you know what? You have made prohibited comments on social media platforms. If you looked on page 967 in the single font print, one font print at the very bottom where you signed your lease contract, it states that if you do anything that does not reflect the values of BlackRock – Uh, Your lease can be terminated on the spot, and you have 30 days to vacate your house. So we're letting you know right now you have 30 days to vacate your house. That's where I think this is going, guys. I think they want to do just like China where you own nothing essentially over there, and you're essentially subservient to the state. There's a reason why the Third Amendment was put in right after the second. A lot of people jump right over that one, and they go to the fourth, which is very important with searches and warrants. The Third Amendment was there intentionally to protect people's homes and prevent troops from coming in and being quartered and prevent violation of their private property and violation of their privacy in their own homes and stuffing troops in. I told you guys this yesterday. If you look at historical uh, writings, the whole reason why they had the Third Amendment in is because King George would send in troops and you'd have a plantation house where you say you had seven, eight, nine, ten bedrooms, and they'd come in with 30 or 40 troops, 
and they'd say, by the way, this is a nice plantation house here, Mr. Jones. You're going to be quartering 40 of our troops here for the foreseeable future. You have to feed them. You have to do all of their laundry. You have to clean up after them, and they're going to live here until we decide we're not going to live here anymore. They did that all the time. So all of a sudden now your entire job and your wife and your kids and everybody working there, your job now is to basically clean up the mess and the food and the urine and the clothes of all these troops that are being quartered in your house, by the way, for free. You're not reimbursed. You think how much time it takes without washing machines to wash 30, 40 uniforms? The, there's a film called Spies. Basically, Washington Spies. It was a show that came out a while back ago, and it was about the Revolutionary War. Some of it was historical. Some of it basically was exaggerated. But the entire premise and a lot of the names and the storylines and the historical events were all fairly accurate. And it was a very interesting miniseries, and it went into the exact detail where it showed these guys coming in and taking over these entire quarters. And basically, the women were having to literally do laundry from morning until night for all the British soldiers. Nobody thought about that, about how much food these guys consumed every single day. That is why the Third Amendment was there. That is why you also have the Fourth Amendment right behind it, for the people to be secure in their persons, houses, pacers, and effect. This is why they're trying to turn everything into rental properties. They don't want you to have a home that you can stand on. They don't want you especially to pay off your home and be debt-free. They want to be able to control where you live, how you live, what you say. The social credit score implementation that Russia or excuse me, that China has implemented is going to be attempted to be pushed here in the United States. I promise you that. It's on its way right now. They're working every angle they can. This is why it is so important. You try to do the best you can to be as vocal as you can and be involved as you can politically. And I'm not telling you we're going to win all this stuff. I'm not going to feed you that. I'm not going to paint some fairy tale picture. This is all going to work you know, as far as the United States. But one thing you have to do is you have to fight. But at least we know we're redeemed in Christ at the end of this whole thing. That's the beauty at the very end. But why we're here and why we're pushing this, I can't stand idly by and pretend that I know what's going on and I'm not going to say or do anything about it. This is why I encourage you. Thank you again for supporting Health Masters. Thank you for getting the show out there to people. Thank you for continually speaking up. I'm seeing now more and more people that I engage and I talk to, especially around here. People are starting to really, really wake up, and even the people that I know. I mean, I've known a lot of people that have gotten the shot now. Pretty much for about 80 to 90% of those people that I know that have gotten the shot, I've asked them all the time now, are you going to get a booster shot? Pretty much the answer is a resounding absolutely not. I'm done. Everybody realizes whole things turn into theater now, and it is not what we've been told. It was all one giant money laundering scheme to the pharmaceutical industrial complex, and it was all a giant attempt to see how far they could push the American populace. That's why I told you the mask on planes and the mask traveling was never going to stop. Guarantee you to this day right now they would have already still been forcing people to wear masks on planes. But that Florida judge, that federal judge, finally somebody that was a judge had a stunt and said, no, this is insanity. CDC does not have this power. They're not an enforcement agency to come in and start dictating and demanding new laws and mandates that they come up with out of nowhere bypassing Congress. It doesn't work that way. And I was so glad when she did that because it set such an example and such a precedent that the CDC is not some independent body with no oversight and it can do whatever it wants to do. But be warned, my friends. I'm giving everybody a heads up. Keep your bodies and your immune system strong. There's a reason why they're ordering 300 million doses from Pfizer again. 
There's a reason why they're doing it, guys. There's a reason why they're shooting this stuff at the children right now, and there's a reason why the buffoon who can't even talk off teleprompter, really an on teleprompter, is basically telling everybody there's going to be a second pandemic and we need more money. They're planning on getting this thing rolling. They're going to try to do everything they can to push this again. And the next phase is going to be, in my opinion, if people submit to it, is going to be 50 times worse than this first one was. Because you got to remember, now they have a precedent. Now they have a cap or a ceiling. They know how far they can push everybody, how far they can shut businesses down, how long they can make people wear masks, how invasive they can get with trying to mandate people get RNA gene therapy shots. This was all algorithm-based. They monitored to see how far they could take it. And now they know where the ceiling is. When people really started to push back, people stopped to comply. Now they know if they can push it to that ceiling again and break through that ceiling and reach a new peak, it's over with. It's done. Because they know at that point the United States population has no resolve. They have no stomach for this. They're not going to stand up. But as far as I'm concerned, what I'm seeing and the people I'm talking to, I think there are a lot of people in this country that have had enough. And I've told you guys this, and I'll say it again. The firearms have been and will always need to be the line in the sand for the United States patriots. If they start coming in and telling you you have to register your firearms in order to own them, that is a 100% guarantee they're going to confiscate them later on or they're going to arrest you, detain you, or red flag gun law. Think about this for a second. If they try to red flag you, they don't know what firearms you have. Got a couple Glocks, a couple ARs, a couple shotguns, purchase stuff privately, totally cool. You got it in different areas. You got it in different houses. You got it in a rental house. You got it in different property. You got it in a farmhouse. You got it spread out. Well, they come to your main residence and they red flag you. They don't know what firearms you have. They take your Glock and your shotgun. And that's it. Well, you still have a cache of weapons. Regardless if they tell you you can or cannot own a firearm, the Second Amendment does not get voided because somebody puts an anonymous tip out on you. News flashed everybody in these communist states. So this is why they want to register them. That way they have a full data log chart of, oh, Mr. Smith, he has two hunting rifles, one shotgun, one AR, and two Glocks. These are all registered firearms. Here's the serial numbers. All these firearms have to be confiscated. If he does not hand you these firearms, he will be arrested and detained for basically obstruction of justice or interfering with investigation, et cetera, et cetera, whatever what they want to come up with and make up on you. That is why they want to go in and run red flag gun laws right now, and that is why the universal background checks are being pushed so hard and registration to push so hard. Chicago, Illinois, this Highland Park, Illinois, news flash to everybody. They have the strictest gun laws with assault weapon ban, magazine ban, FOID cards, all kinds of restrictions, red flag gun laws, and they still allegedly had this lunatic, weirdo kid. If this is even the shooter, I don't even know who this kid is. This kid looks like CIA been propping him up on LSD for the last two decades. That's, that's my opinion on it. But again, this is why you got to question the narrative. you got to look outside and think outside the box on everything. We're starting to see now that we're talking about – I've been reading up articles on it, how multiple reports now are coming from nurses about kids two and three years old having seizures just a few days after they get the COVID shot now. I'm already hearing about this. There's another article on Burning Platform was talking about it. I got another email about it. Guys – it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what they're trying to do. Protect their children at all costs. Protect what they're exposed to, and especially protect them from being injected with gene therapy. This isn't okay. We're going to have to answer for this one day, guys, before God Almighty. That's a fact. And if we sat by idly by and we contributed to this, we endorsed this, 
especially we didn't say anything about it and we knew it was going on and we didn't warn anybody and we didn't give everybody a heads up. My opinion, that's on us. That's partially on us. I mean, we're the ones responsible. That's why thank you for forwarding the show. Thank you for getting the articles out there. If you can't forward the show, look at the articles we have. You can forward those out to people. We have all types of show links and stuff all the time on the website you can go through. I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens from every single show. You can go and reference back and look at stuff. So be sure to check that out. Continue to do your research. If you need anything at all, please give us a call at healthmasters.com. Lots of different specials going on right now. Got a big special going on tomorrow for a very popular product. You guys are going to like that. Going to be getting that ready this week. But we already have regular products on there as well, including the two-pack specials on the meat buckets, the organic food buckets, the magnesium brain capsule food, and uh, three-pack specials. Product of the week, the N-acetylcysteine, one of the most effective glutathione-supporting synthesis formulas on the market. Very, very good for the immune system and detoxifying the body. Also, very, very good product to use if you have had to get the shot and you're trying to detox your body from whatever sludge gets injected. Great product for that. Last day on sale for product of the week, 10% off. Be sure to check it out on the product of the week. And also vote for what you want to see win. It looks like the joint rebuilding formula and the B12 are neck and neck. So vote for what you want to see win, guys. Thank you, my friends. It's been a great show. Ted's traveling again today, so I'm running solo. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. I try to keep it fast-paced and get a lot of information out there as much as I can. Thank you again for supporting the show and supporting Health Masters. Y'all have a blessed, safe, awesome day. Hope again you guys had a blessed Independence Day and remember why we're fighting. Have an awesome night, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.